0: is there yes yep oh great how are you doing today
1: uh you know i feel very healthy i wish i was out fishing like some of my friends but uh, um (laughs) but someone has got to uh, stay here and direct this amazing amount of traffic and uh changes
0: in direction Well, uh, it's a Friday and it's, uh, you know, April 24th, kind of feel like I got to date things these days because, you know, next week when some of this stuff airs on the radio, it's going to be on the uh, podcast as of, you know, Friday night. But when it airs on the radio, things could change and that's how quickly things are going. But just, you know, a quick kind of a, a minute or two just version where we're at today, if you will.
1: Yeah, so um, we have seen significant additional shut-ins this week in in response to the negative price signal, the the negative WTI price signal that industry saw on Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week, and we've seen uh, our Best estimate is uh, around 1,200 additional wells shut in, and uh, about 110,000 barrels a day additional shut in. And so we're we're now very rapidly approaching that 1 million barrels a day, or or right right in that territory, in terms of the million barrels a day. For North Dakota production and uh, we have put out a notice today for a hearing May 20th on economic waste and how that should be determined and uh, what if any regulatory actions are appropriate uh, and what the consequences of those various actions might be. And that'll be May 20th at 9 a.m.
0: What I really wanted to talk to you about, though, was a comment yet had a couple of years ago that I found pretty fascinating from a logistical standpoint. And, and I never really thought it would come to a, a reality. But right now, we're kind of living in a world where everything really is on the table. And we're trying to take things off logically And I remember a few years ago you talked about, I think, rig counts. If they ever got down to zero, just really the the, the reality behind the detriment behind that, and it had to do with more than the economic impact. It had to do with trying to find people to hire again and trying to locate equipment and just that whole logistical thing. I I just remember you had a very good summary of how that whole thing works. And I I just wondered if now wouldn't be a good time to maybe – revisit that not saying that's going to happen but I, I think it would help some people just kind of go through the process of, of, of what that looks like if that makes sense.
1: Yeah sure so um, I've seen it once before. Uh, seven months after I took this job the North Dakota rig count went to zero for uh, a few weeks and it had not been at zero at, at that time for more than 50 years so um, only once in, what, 75 years have we had zero rigs running in the state of North Dakota. Uh, I've heard some, you know, there's always people that want to make uh, wild projections. And so I've, I've heard people talk about that with regards to this pandemic. And it's certainly possible, uh, although not likely, for the very reason you talked about. Uh, our conversations with the operators have indicated that they now, uh, particularly through the 2015 price collapse, uh, learned that uh, even as an individual operator, if if you plan to be active drilling and fracking on the other side of this demand destruction, you need to maintain uh, the intellectual capital, the, the institutional knowledge of a drilling department. Connections with contractors and experienced rig crews that allow you to, that give you some core to build on on the other side. And those companies that went to zero in terms of drilling rigs uh, encountered an enormous amount of inertia when they attempted to uh, come back out of that and get back into the business of, of drilling and completing wells. So, uh, it's, it's something I think almost all of our industrial companies are, are active operators are aware of. They're all doing their level best to hang on to one or two drilling crews and some shared frack crews, uh, so that they don't lose that institutional knowledge. And all of a sudden they're in uh, a position where the the inertia of zero makes it slow or or near impossible to get back up to speed.
0: How about what's next for, for some of these, these operators, some of these people, you know, looking for work, that sort of thing that are kind of in limbo? And what I mean by what's next is, you know, there is a little bit of a lull, obviously, going on. Some people are doing some homeschooling. Some people are doing some online training. You've got, you know, people are advancing their careers and their lives and and maybe in the oil and gas sector still. And you and I have talked about just kind of rethinking rig counts for a lot of different reasons. Nothing's been defined before, but along those lines about looking at, you know, the, the way rigs operate today, is there a direction that maybe people should be thinking when it comes to recertification, training, artificial intelligence some of the innovation, I imagine, is going to be kind of scaled in or integrated into the new rigs that are going to be added as the as the industry builds itself back over the next twelve months.
1: Yeah, so we um, we expect most of that innovation to happen uh, in the fracking area and then in the producing areas. So we saw industry build into the drilling process enormous efficiencies between 2015 and and 2019 uh, to the extent where they've they've almost squeezed uh, all of the juice out of that turnip but Mm -hmm. you know there's there's probably still some improvements yet to be made but uh, you know they've almost reached the, the physical limits of how quickly you can can drill twenty thousand feet and properly cement a well. Now, if somebody comes up with a uh, incredible innovation on on some new type of cementing material that that allows uh, more rapid turnaround there in the stages of the well, that, that all bets are off, I guess. But you know, they're already drilling a twenty thousand foot well in ten days, so there's not a lot there. But on the fracking side, uh, there's, I think, a lot of efficiency to be gained. Uh, we were just starting to see people implement artificial intelligence in the in the process of controlling the the pumps, the rates, and the pressures, and uh, that you know allowing the frac stages that went before to inform. the the computer of what what to expect and and how to respond. Uh, And they can respond much quicker than human beings can to to the signals that are coming in terms of rate and pressure. And then we're really starting to see uh, people get into uh, a lot more electronic data collection and Mm -hmm. uh, AI control of producing wells. The artificial lift systems, um, the the way they operate, and uh, can can ramp up and down with production. There, there's a lot to be gained there.
0: Well, I really appreciate you coming on today, and especially after hearing the the last sentence or two that you said. Um, as I was writing down the, you know the. The, the innovations you're talking about with artificial intelligence and, you know, b- being more precise than the human eye, that's the future. And the big data, big data, big data integrations, the future too. So uh, there's going to be opportunity, but it's going to come quick. It's going to come quick because big data doesn't slow down. I went through this with the newspaper, magazine, and uh, di- digital media integration. And, and when it comes, it comes pretty quick. And so... Um, I appreciate your your time today because I I see where there's a little bit of a lull, but the industry is going to come back, and when it comes back, there is going to be a little bit of difference to it, and there's going to be uh some it's going to be a safer industry, I think, when it's all said and done, too. So, um, any final thoughts? Anything you want to get out there before uh, we conclude on our Fridays here?
1: I don't think so. Did we did we talk about the hearing? Yeah. Okay. So we talked about the hearing. Um, you know, one of the things that that we may see is uh, um, an expansion, rapid expansion of uh, storage capacity, uh, and we're working on that. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a, there's a real business opportunity there. We think, and uh, um, so we're trying to help people with guidance to uh, to do that right. And again, it, it kind of goes back to you know one of the long-term things we were working on was um massive volume storage for petrochemical processing and and that sort of thing but uh um this may elevate the the desire or the need to have that kind of storage available for situations like monday when uh, um when storage was full at the other end of the pipeline and uh, prices were reflecting that. So there might be some great business opportunities there.